0: It is indeed very, very cold outside, and so we are glad that you are able to safely be here uh, with us tonight. Turn in your Bibles, if you will, to the book of Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. And before we do that, I want, us to, um, uh, I want to bring our attention to a couple of things uh, to be mindful of and prayerful of uh, today and especially this week. Uh, Don't forget that uh, Sean White had surgery last week, and so we want to continue to remember him in our prayers, as well as Catherine Franks uh, recovering from her fall. Um, Sheila Hamlin will be having surgery this week, so we want to remember her in our prayers. Um, Also, uh, Frank uh, was in the ER. Uh, all day today. He's been able to go home on antibiotics and things and he will uh, have a doctor's appointment on Tuesday. So we want to remember uh, Frank and Glenda especially. Um, also the family of uh, Charlie Baker uh, in in his loss. This is the brother of Ruth Ann McCain. So we want to remember them. And then this afternoon we received uh, some other not... Uh, not good news. Um, it's been in our prayer li- on our prayer list. Uh, Linda Anderson. This is the wife of Joe Anderson. Joe uh, has been coming. Uh, he's the brother of Peggy Ramey. And Joe and his grandson sit right up front here. Uh, his wife has been battling cancer and she passed away today. So we want to remember uh, Joe and his family as well. So let's uh, go to our Heavenly Father uh, in prayer as we think about these individuals and their situations. Let us pray. Holy Father, we come before you today. We thank you, Father, for the opportunity to gather together in this warm building to study your Word, to fellowship with one another, to remember you and all that you've done for us. But Father, our hearts are heavy because of... Uh, several who have lost loved ones over the last few days. And Father, we ask that you will be with uh, the family of uh, Charlie Baker and his loss, and that you will, uh, the sudden loss. And Father, we pray that you will bless his family, that you will be with them during this difficult time, that you will be with those uh, at Shackelford Funeral Home where he worked. Father, that you will be with them as well. Father, we're also mindful of... Uh, the loss of Linda Anderson we pray for Joe and for Tristan and Jonathan and all their family we just pray that you will uh, bless them Father in this very difficult time and uh, sudden loss and Father we pray for both of these families and we lift them up to you and we pray that you will uh, be with them and strengthen them and give them comfort Father we also lift up to you uh, Sean White as he's recovering from uh, from surgery and we pray that that, su- that will recovery will go well for Catherine Frank's as she continues to recover from her fall. Uh, Father, for Sheila Hamlin as she will be facing surgery this week, we pray that all will go well. For uh, Frank Shepard that uh, you will help him and help these medicines to work and help his condition to improve. Uh, For Kathy Stewart and uh, her recovery from her surgery and also for um, Miss Carolyn Taylor and her family that you will bless them. Father, there are many, many others on our prayer list and in our hearts and minds and we lift them up to you in addition to all these we've already mentioned tonight. Father, we thank you for the way that you work in our lives. We thank you, Father, for all that you do for us and all the blessings that we enjoy in Jesus Christ. Father, watch over these individuals, watch over these families, and bless them uh, during these health issues and also these difficult times. Father, thank you. Most of all, we thank you for Jesus. In Christ's holy name we pray. Amen. Jesus said, Blessed are the peacemakers. For they shall be called sons of God. The Bible is a book of peace. There are nearly 400 scriptures in the, or in the Bible that either talk about peace with God, peace with individuals, or peace among nations. The Bible opens uh, with the idea of peace and the Bible closes with the idea of Peace. But the reason for war in between those times of peace is because of the opposition of Satan and because of the disobedience of mankind. Someone said, God is not at war with the world. The world is at war with God. We all know people have longed forever for peace. But because of wickedness, peace escapes most. The Bible explains that part of God's punishment for wickedness is His denial of peace in their life. Isaiah chapter 48 and verse 22. There is no peace, says the Lord, for the wicked. But the Bible also emphasizes the blessings on the righteous as God's gift. And that's the gift of peace. Psalm 29 and verse 11, the Bible says, The Lord will give strength to His people. The Lord will bless His people with peace. And you remember, as you've studied through the life of Jesus when He walked on the face of this earth, uh, even in the great Roman Empire during that time, and all the the things that might have been good and going on in in history at that time, there was still conflict. The world was divided by conflict. Now as we look at the idea of peace, let's keep in mind that... uh, when Jesus and the Bible speaks about peace, it's not like what the world thinks of peace. Some people think that peace is simply the absence of war, and that's not really what peace is talking about in Scripture, and we'll look at that in a minute. But even in a time when the Roman armies had brought an end to armed conflict, there was still conflict. There was still a world filled with hatred. Hatred between men of different races. Hatred between nationalities. Hatred between religions. It was still evident everywhere. The Jews and Gentiles, they had an equal disdain for one another. Citizens of the Roman Empire, they looked down on foreigners. They saw them as pitiful, pitiful creatures of inferior worth. People of wealth literally bought and sold other humans without regard for their own individual rights. So even in a time that might have seemed peaceful to the Roman government or to the Roman Empire, there was still conflict. There was still division. There was still the lack of peace. But you know, even in the good old U.S. of A., The land of the free, the home of the brave. The land of the pursuit of happiness. There is conflict, right? Whether there are wars that we're reading about or hearing about, there's still conflict among people. We see the same meanness and the same cruelty in our lifetime We see people that are working to keep the fires of human conflict alive and burning. It seems that some people, they just enjoy keeping things and people stirred up, right? We definitely see this in our own country. We see different groups against other groups, causing conflict among themselves and throughout our nation and the world. Even many homes are riddled with conflict. Any, even many homes have become centers of hatred and abuse rather than places of love and peace. Our world needs more men and women eager to make peace in their lives and in the world. But what is peace? Peace. As already mentioned, peace in the Bible is very different than what the world thinks about peace. Jesus said in John 14 and verse 27, Peace I leave you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You see, the world generally thinks of peace in terms of personal contentment. Most people think that they are believed that they will have peace if they have no financial burdens. Most people believe they will have peace in life if they own a comfortable home in a quiet neighborhood. Most people think that they'll have peace if they enjoy restful company with friends and family at their own convenience. And most people believe that they have peace without war. You see, the reality is that believing that is is really a retreat from reality. You see, the world, when they think about peace, they're thinking about in terms of their own contentment, things that will uh, satisfy their own desires. James chapter 4 we read this morning. Some think peace is uh, just compromising with the enemy. Well, I'll, I'll hold true to this, but you know, I can compromise a little bit here. Uh, they think surely we can have peace if we give up just a little uh, struggle and compromise some things. I mean, they, they think if, if I really don't have to fight for something, you know, I get tired of fighting for things and if I really don't have to fight for that, then, then that's okay, that'll bring some peace. It doesn't matter if I compromise some things, that'll give me peace. But you know, the reality is... The reality is that we need to remind the world there are some things worth fighting for. Do you get tired of fighting? I get tired of fighting for some things. But the reality is they are, there are some valuable, worthy things to fight for. How about my soul? Is that worth fighting for? Jesus said it's worth dying for. What about my family? What about the church? What about our God, the God, Jehovah? Jehovah? Yahweh. What about righteousness? Those things that are right. Now, I'm not necessarily talking about being rude or arrogant. I'm talking about fighting for those things. Those are some things worth fighting for. Peace at any price normally turns out to be a cruel form of slavery. The peace the Scripture talks about is more than the cessation of conflict with people or with Satan. It's the very attitude in which we live by. A husband and wife, they may not be fighting with fists or with words. They may simply be tolerating each other in cold silence. That is not peace either. Bible says the Lord gives peace, but not as the world gives peace. The Hebrew word for peace is shalom, followed up by uh, a similar Greek meaning. It's the traditional word of greeting or farewell for the Hebrew. The word is never used to signify the mere absence of fighting. It is used in terms for a positive state as opposed to a negative one. It embraces everything which makes for a person's highest good. That's the peace that Scripture speaks about. So when Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers, it seems He's talking about the sense of a right relationship among human beings. The blessing is not for those who just love or who prefer peace, but for those who, Jesus said, make peace. That's our goal. That's our challenge. Is are we peacemakers in the sense that Jesus is speaking about? There are about, a three, there are about three dimensions of peace I want us to think about. The peace between man and God, that's important. The inner peace that we have in our hearts, in in us as the children of God. And the peace between mankind. And so I want us to look at those things. First of all, let's think about the peace between man and God. We talked about this morning that there's a reality of a place called hell. And we need to remember that and we need to share that with people because those without Jesus Christ and are lost, that's where the Bible says they spend eternity. That's why we do what we do. That's why we share the message of love and compassion because we want people to be with Jesus. Salvation is where peace, the peace of God, is found. It's the process of reconciling man to God. Do you remember back in the Garden of Eden? When Adam and Eve we were in that garden, you remember God created this beautiful garden and he, he He put in the midst of that garden the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And he told Adam and Eve, He said, All these things you guys can have, you guys can enjoy. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, do not partake of it, because when you do you will surely die. He might have said, When you do, you surely will experience a lack of peace. Because their relationship up until that point was peaceful. Their relationship with one another, their relationship with God, it was peaceful. And Satan comes in and he tempts them and stirs all that up and it creates a separation. And that separation keeps us from God. And that's what salvation is. That's what Jesus did on the cross. That's what the resurrection that we talked about this morning makes so plain and powerful. In the act of the cross is that reconciliation of mankind back to God. And you see, whenever, uh, whenever I, talking, I was talking to my boys about becoming a Christian and whenever I talked to other young people, I think that's the place where we have to start. They have to realize, everyone has to realize, sin, living in sin, practicing sin, a life of sin that separates us from God. Where do we want to be? You see, being separated from God, there is no peace. The Romans thought that their empire brought peace, but it was Jesus on the cross in the grave and rising from that grave and going to the right hand of the throne of God. Paul wrote in Colossians chapter 1, verses 22, 21 and 22, "...and you who once were alienated..." and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now He has reconciled in the body of His flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in His sight. That's peace. Also in Second Corinthians chapter 5, verses 18 and following, Paul says, Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to Himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. He's reconciled us through Jesus Christ and therefore He's also given us the ministry of reconciliation. Sharing that you can be reconciled back to God through Jesus Christ. And that's the only way Jesus said in John 14. Not imputing their trespasses to them and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Paul would call those still living in sin, practicing sin, as an enemy. Of God. Christ's mission was to bring about reconciliation and peace by the blood of the cross. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 20. So that's the ultimate peace. The ultimate peace is that between us and God. It really has nothing to do with wars or relaxing or any of that. It has to do with being reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. Knowing that whatever happens... Whatever happens in my life right now, imagine that. Imagine if my life ended now. You see, peace is between God is knowing that I'm saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, and no matter what happens, I can I can hear those words. Well done, good and faithful servant. And then there's the peace with one's own self, which is a follow-up. Of the peace that comes through salvation. In our hearts, we have a battleground. A battleground that has conflicting forces of good and evil. Remember what Paul says in Galatians chapter 5? He talks about that battle. And if you're a New Testament Christian, I believe you have that battle. Paul said, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another. That's a battle so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under law. The flesh and the Spirit are opposed to one another, Paul said. They work separate from one another, opposite, against one another. And Jesus said, we cannot have peace in the inner man while we're trying to serve two masters. And think about that for a moment. In order to have ultimate peace, that comes in our salvation through Jesus Christ and that then can bring inner peace but you see Satan Satan is good at what he does he's no different than what he did with Adam and Eve in the garden you remember they had peace they had peace with God and they had inner peace things were good and then all of a sudden Satan comes and starts whispering into their ear and say oh but this and that and that oh look at here look at there look what you can't have look what you're missing out on man you need to be here And all of a sudden, they feel that inner pull. They feel that battle. Jesus said in Matthew 6 and verse 24, No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. You see, we have to be honest with ourselves ourselves and with God. And honestly, totally give Him our hearts so that we might have peace. The inner peace. And then there's a peace that's, that comes between man and his neighbors. Between mankind. You see, the reality is, the other two are absolutely necessary before we can have peace with one another. Or before we can have peace with those in our neighborhoods, in our workplaces, in our schools, in our grocery stores. In our community. You see, we can only have peace with one another when we've surrendered our life to Jesus. And then we do that on a daily basis so that we might enjoy inner peace. one may think, oh, I have time. I have time to make things right with God. But the reality is, James says our life is but a vapor. Here for one moment and then gone. You see, sometimes realities are, are hard to think about and hard to swallow, but the reality is we don't live in this world forever. And we know that. And it's our challenge by making sure we're at peace with God through our salvation in Jesus Christ, making sure we're at peace with one another by surrendering our lives to Him daily, that we seek that peace with, one, with, with each other and those in the world we do that by redeeming the time, the Scriptures would say. Paul was saying Ephesians chapter 2 verses 13 and following, but now in Christ Jesus you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for He Himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in His flesh the enmity of that is, the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in Himself one new man from the two, thus making peace, and that He might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. You see, Jesus breaks down the barriers between Jews and Greeks, between blacks and whites, between rich and poor. He reconciles them in one body. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that awesome? That the human race all across the world, it doesn't matter about nationality, it doesn't matter about skin color, it doesn't matter about economic status, that in Jesus Christ we all can be at peace with God, with ourselves, and with one another. And what's the reward? Jesus said the reward is of those who are peacemakers, hear him now. They shall be called sons of God. What a reward. What a reward! The New Testament refers to God as the God of peace in Romans chapter 15, in Romans chapter 16, and Hebrews chapter 13. But you know, since peace is such a part of the character of God and His work, isn't it fitting? that we as the children of God, the representatives of God, the sons of God, that that should be a part of our very character and work as well. Look at Matthew chapter 5, verse 43. Jesus revealed this very character of God and He challenges His hearers and the Scripture still challenges us today about being peacemakers. He says, You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, Love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. That you may be sons of your Father in heaven. For He makes His sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. Why are there wars being fought in our world? Why is there so much turmoil and strife within our country? Why do so many families experience constant bickering and tension in their homes? Why are so many individuals filled with confusion and despair? All of these can be answered with one simple word. You know it. We talk about it often. We remind each other of it. It's that three-letter word, sin. It's because of sin. The power of sin has taken peace from the world. The power of sin has taken peace from our families. The power of sin has taken peace out of our churches. And there's only one power that can Restore that peace. And that's the saving power of the blood of Christ. Tonight, are you at peace? Are you at peace with God? Have you given your life to God through obedience in Jesus Christ, through the blood of Christ, through confessing your belief, and showing your belief by going down in that watery grave of baptism? having declared your repentance and being brought up, risen with Christ, having peace, but knowing that Satan is there to work. And we have that challenge to surrender every day so that we might be at peace, continue to be at peace with God, continue to be at peace with ourselves so we can work on being peacemakers with others. Maybe you're here tonight and you've not made that decision. If you are, it's our prayer that you will. Maybe you're here tonight and you don't have peace in your family or peace with friends or other family members. Or maybe you're not missing inner peace. What better time than the present than with your Christian family to say, you know what, I'm struggling with this. I need help. Will you pray with me? Will you pray for me? And we'll walk with you hand in hand trying to help you every way we can because we struggle as well and we all need the power of Jesus Christ. As together we stand and sing.